Welcome back to Talking Tillies. Cody and I started chatting and venting our thoughts off air before we hit record and we were like, damn, this would sound really good. Hitting record. Um, we're back after a massive week of international football, Cody. Um, how are we going? How much did we get to watch? Are we vibing what we saw? Um, I'm going good. Um, not sure about you. I got to see it all. I um took some time off the Liga men's um to make sure I was watching the Matildas because you know the national teams, men or women, is always where my heart's going to lie. Um, and what am I vibing? I'm I'm vibing a lot. I think there's a lot of good to come out of this side over the last few week uh, over the last week. Sorry, and I'm keen for to start. I want to highlight two names that I want to touch on later, but I think two names that I think to me. Duck out more than others. We're going to remove Caitlin Ford from the situation because I think she was the player of the week for us. She was absolutely brilliant. Amy Sayer, Claire Wheeler. I'm going to put those two names out there. Say what you will, but I think, I don't know. I feel like this was a change squad. I feel like Tony, I don't know, is a different human post-World Cup and... I get we weren't playing against the the strongest of opposition, but you take that rotation. We literally played three different squads. You take that rotation, that squad, towards Paris. Oof, I'm uh, I'm excited. <laughs> there's there's genuinely a lot to be excited about. I'd be surprised if anyone's not excited after seeing their national team. Win three games, 13? not concede a single goal, and score. What was it? Fifth? No, not fifteen. Thirteen. <laughs> I thought. I think it was ten against Philippines. Maybe I just lost a bit of count in that game. But um, no, like it's exciting times, and we should be. We should be excited about this Matilda side. It's the whole reason why we're in this situation. You don't get almost a hundred thousand people through the yeah. gates for a bang average team. 100%. You get that for I, a I'm, good team, and you get that I don't for know, a like, team. I'm feeling well. so good. There was so much like interesting stuff to come out of. Last week, from formations to squads to rotation to everything, um, we saw all three goalkeepers. Uh, we saw every single person that was named in the squad get minutes. I don't know. It was just refreshing from watching. It's refreshing in a way. I think it is a little bit different to tournament football, where you, I guess, it is in a way tournament football. It's it's qualifying football. There is a there's, there's a big difference in you know obviously the quality of the, of of the opposition you're going up against and I guess how you've got to manage your side as well with tournament football you've got to make sure your key players are kind of peaking at the right time towards the end whereas you know get, you can in a, in a situation like this you can kind of go game by game because each game is just as going to be as important as the last in reality we if there was one game with the most importance on it we played that smack bang in the middle of this little series. Um, that Philippines game was one we needed to go all and out for, and by God, I think it was interesting because, like, you jump back um, to our not- conversation with Kieran last week, and we were like, "Game one, all out attack, go nuts!" And then, what was your reaction to that starting lineup um, for game one? Let's let's start there. It makes it makes sense when you take into account that. Oh yeah, like fifteen of our squad, or maybe even more, had to catch a twenty-four hour flight to get into camp, and then try and play a football match. I think it probably was a little bit far fetched. Yeah, now, reflecting on it now, there's a reason why I try and make sure I don't preface myself as an expert because I sometimes forget to take these things into consideration. Um, trying to be a professional athlete after sitting in a plane in a confined space, and I think some of the girls are lucky they can get business class or first class tickets over now. But um, you know, some maybe aren't so lucky in that regard. So they're sitting in a chair, yeah. <laughs> and you know what long for, like long long haul flights are like. They're they're horrible. So to expect them to play an international football match after that probably was a little bit harsh on them. But look, um, fair to Tony, we have a, we have a good depth in this national team outside of our first eleven. We got to see a little bit more of them. I know probably some of the newer fans were. <laughs> Maybe a little bit shocked and a little bit more refreshed on the on the Sunday when there was like, oh yeah, all that all our favourites are back. But what it does give you the opportunity is to see what those other players are like. You know, I remember, and I'm talking off my own personal TikTok here. I remember posting a video about 
you know, who I think will be in the um, Matilda side in the next five years. And, you know, sometimes I mention players that maybe aren't at the center of attention right now and, and play and fans maybe lean to someone else. Like I mentioned, uh, Sarah Hunter, Holly McNamara, you know, names that maybe people aren't so familiar with, particularly Sarah Hunter, who hasn't been in the squad at all yet. And, you know, the first way people will react will sit there and go, Oh, what about Charlie Grant? What about Claire Wheeler? What about Chidiak? Whereas, because that's the players that they're kind of familiar with. Whereas, you know, there's other players that are coming through that, you know, once you have the opportunity yeah. to sit there, watch them and fall in love with them, you're, you're going to. And I think that's what a game like that does, you know. Massive anticipation for it. First game back from yeah. the World Cup and just seeing names that you're probably not familiar with. But once you watch them, it's like, oh, shit, these girls are pretty good too. Like, they may not be a Sam Kerr level or they may not be a Caitlin Ford level, but I think the best way to describe yeah, them is they're exactly. not a... Sam Kerr or Caitlin yeah. Ford yet because they've got the potential to be. But this is the ga- th- these yeah. are the games where you sit there and go, oh, yeah, I want to watch her. She's 21, 22, think- and she might be a good player in the future. I'm going to keep my eye on her. <laughs> and then in 10 years later, it's like, oh, fuck. I was watching her 10 years ago when yeah. she was starting out, and now she's broken all these records. You never know what's yeah, going to happen. That's, what, ex- that's, what, that's what excites me about those kinds future. of games. <clears throat> you take out Meeks, EVE, and Polks. Everybody else is kind of the, the foundation of that team moving forward. You've got Ellie on the right, Charlie on the left, Nevin playing centre-back, probably not a natural role, but good to know that she can hold it down. Vine, Wheeler, Chidiak, Sayer. Like, that's... <laughs> that, that's that's a side for the future. Sayer wasn't even someone I mentioned in that, in, in kind and of that little wait, clip, she but she's someone that could be there. Too, like, every too. time she came on... Yeah, 100%. Look, it's it's a weird one where I sit there and go, I probably wouldn't say that she was, like, outstanding or in our upper echelon of players where, but that's also a hard standard when you're competing with Sam Kerr and Caitlin Ford. But what you see from what you can see from her is someone that can easily slot into that side when needed. Um, yeah. I think the last game was probably the most mature performance I've seen from her through the series and the most mature performance I've seen from her in a Matilda's jersey so far. She has played, I think, six games. She's got a few numbers. Beforehand, not, I'm not like, 100% sure. It's not doubles, sure. but it's over halfway there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not like one. This is more than one. She's definitely played more than once. Um, But you know, it speaks to the level that she's at. And, you know, she only just moved to Christian Stantz in Sweden. I believe it was, it was during the World Cup period or just before. And before that, she was just playing college football. So she probably needed that chance to go into proper senior football, get a bit of maturity. The pace of the game is obviously going to be a lot different. No disrespect to college football. She was at, I believe, one of the best colleges you could be at in Stanford. Yeah. So definitely not a scrub level to be playing at, but it's definitely a difference going from that to proper week-in, week-out senior football where you're battling for Champions League spots. You're battling for trophies. You're battling possibly for relegation as well. It's... An entirely different game, and now seeing her come back from that environment, yeah, 100%. you're going to um, see completely. This different game with Iran, well. 53 minutes of in-ball playtime <laughs> was the stat. Um, we won't touch on the the theatrics, you guys. If you watch the game, you understand what we're talking about. If you didn't watch the game, make sure you watch the match highlights and not the full match because it'll just drive you insane. We did that for you, and that's why we're here talking about what happened. Um, <laughs> um, but Ellie getting us off the ground running. Um, good little piece of play. Vine driving down the right, crossing the ball. Charlie kind of getting it stuck under Ellie's feet. I was really intrigued. I think we played the same formation on all three games. Those inverted backs. And at one point we had um, Claire Wheeler <laughs> named it right back playing in a six. Like it was a very, I don't know. I don't know if that's what they've usually done, but it seemed very, very different. And I, I kind of liked the way it played out, but it was weird seeing Ellie in the box. It's like in that central role. <laughs> to be fair, that's when you, when you talk about someone like Ellie Carpenter, her strengths are definitely going forward. She's kind of this real marauding fullback. She likes to be part of the attack. She likes to be kind of in those spaces, whether it's a little bit further out wide or in the box where she can score. I, it's probably not dissimilar to what we've done in the past. It's a very technical observation as well. Like it's one that even sometimes goes 
beyond my scope of comp- comprehension. I'm not <laughs> what you'd call a tactics master, but it's for some people, it probably was a little bit more prevalent over these three games simply because of how much we were dominating as well. And our fullbacks could really sit in the box and not have to, you know, could kind of let their yeah. defensive duties slip up a little bit because you don't have but, to worry about, uh, obviously we didn't play her exactly. in, in the game against England, but for example, side, Lauren James coming at you and having to track back and defend side, her. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. Like when you're, when you're playing a side like Iran or Chinese Taipei where, you know, they're going to sit nine or ten players behind the ball and just purely try and go, okay, Damage control. <laughs> we're going to lose, but we don't want to lose that much. Then you can throw a couple of players forward because obviously having someone like Ellie Carpenter sitting with her defenders in a game like that would just be purely a waste. So it pro- it's probably just a case of it being more prevalent rather than something new. And it may, if there's any difference to what we would have seen in the World Cup, it may have just been that there was a bit more emphasis on it and it's probably why he wanted to try Claire Willey in that role as well not just because she's done it with Everton but because you know she's a natural midfielder she can get into those pockets of space it was something worth trying did it come off the way he wanted to I don't know if I'd say so I don't maybe probably not the type of fullback he'll have in his system but it's a game you try it like it's I'm not going to put that performance down to clear. Well, uh, the team tried something. It maybe didn't work. It's you move also on. Like, one of those one things, of those things that if we get to we that won the point game for injury and issues again, going to harp on about it. She's got the experience at doing it in the team. Like it's one of those things where we're using this time. Yeah, hundred percent. These types of opposition to not only blood those fresh players, like we were talking about, but getting them experience in roles outside of the norm. Nevin playing center, center back, like. It's um something I remember Tony saying when he like f- very very early, like before the twenty twenty Olympics, where he was talking about you know he wants two players for every position, two positions for every player, you know that kind of mentality. And Claire Will is probably one of the lesser versatile players so far. So now it's something that you can add to her, I guess. You know, you look at someone like Ellie Carpenter. Believe it or not, she can I- play as a natural winger as well if you really need her to. So that's... Every, if you could look at every player and sit there and go, there is probably two positions that they can play, maybe yeah, bar Sam Kerr, but if you don't put Sam Kerr up front <laughs> yeah. as a manager, you, there's probably um, more speaking questions of Sam, there than Sam scores the second goal answering. for that 2-0 win in 53 minutes of game time. Um, that's the stat you need to know if uh, you didn't watch the game. 53 minutes of in-ball play time. Let's go to a game that was said in the coverage. So of where did you see that? They, they, they brought it up about three times. And I was like, I'm going to make note of that. But yeah, apparently there's a. Oh my God. I'll tell you what. Look, I'll be honest. I went on a massive rant on this on another show. And um, obviously, I work for Front Page Football. I did it on the Front Page Football podcast. I convinced him to do 10 minutes on Tilly's. And I spent five of it hey, just complaining I, about I, what I, turn, I think I turned it off in that game. 60 something minutes. And I was like, I don't feel like I've watched football. And. Oh, I just keep going. And I think like that. I'm a sucker. Squad like that result is really good considering the stop start of that game. There was no flow. There was no kind of you couldn't build momentum because it was stopped by a five minute break. <laughs> no, hundred percent. And um, some of the an observation that someone passed on to me as well, a good friend of mine, it's Ernest Pagonis. You know, obviously he's um well he's South Australian, so obviously he's looking at you know your Charlie Grant, your Alex Chidiak, very patriotic in that regard. So he's obviously wanting to see how they go. And even he said someone like Alex Chidiak, who you'd think in a game where we are facing quite a low block, that she's the sort of person that can unlock it. But that stop start nature, someone like her, she really needs yeah. to build into again. She thrives off momentum. Yeah. In the Chinese Taipei game, she would have been fantastic. Um, but around the way, like. Like you said, like they're stopping the game, a game for five minutes and it gets to a point where it's a little bit ridiculous. Me personally, like I understand Orion's got this beautiful story of how, yeah. you know, obviously back home they've got their issues where, you know, they're not allowed in stadiums, all that sort of stuff. And it's a great story, the fact that they're here and they get to play in front yeah. of so many people. And, but in all honesty, they just pissed me off. <laughs> like I'll be, I'll be, I'll be around. They, it annoyed me to all hell. And I would have 100%. loved to have And I think that's what a lot of people were expecting. <laughs> but but unfortunately, sure 53 minutes of game time, two goals was the outcome. <laughs> um, 
Honestly, I'll tell you what, we've seen Matilda sides in the past struggle in games like that, and and sides of that quality as well, you know. Chinese Taipei. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, and look, it's funny because the last time we played Chinese Taipei, I think it was actually at home and we beat them 7-0. It shows that sides like that are getting better. And I guess one argument that you can have to what I'm saying is, well, if you hate what Iran did so much, are you going to complain the same way about Chinese Taipei? Chinese Taipei set up properly... And they defensively, like they had a low block, yeah. and they were trying. They were generally just trying to defend yeah. for their lives. Iran were just falling on the floor by that point. Like there, there wasn't really a purpose to it well, other than to try Philippines and stop the well. game. There's a couple and of times I watched the, so end of the Philippines game before the Aussie girls, and I, t- uh, I didn't watch that game. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you're talking no, about Iran no, no, and Philippines just against as, each other, right? <laughs> like just to yeah, get I to I the Matildas. It frustrated me even more. Let's go from a two-goal time-wasting. Shamozzle to uh, a game where I messaged you about 20 minutes in with, uh oh. <laughs> so you were like, saying, uh oh. I was saying, oh, like, yeah. I, I love the fact I was that excited. it got to a point where the girls were just like, cool, we can't celebrate anymore. Like, high five, let's go get on with it. But yeah. Good, good sportsmanship. But like, I don't mind that. Even if they did celebrate, I probably wouldn't have cared. But. You know, once you once you hit four or five, it's almost like, well, what, what are we what are we celebrating for? The Americans are very different. They would have had choreographed dances once they hit ten. But, exactly. You know, Speaking we're not of like that, class, we have a bit of class in this country. B soccer apparently are playing up front on this game. Um, definitely not the case. Um, double hat trick. Caitlin Ford, Sam Kerr, Mary Fowler gets on the sheet as well, um, and Claire Wheeler scores her first goal in green and gold. Oh, what a strike. It's one way to do it as well. Bro, I was so Banger. excited. I was actually in a another Beautiful. Zoom meeting when it went in. I was like, I had to control myself because they didn't know that I was watching soccer. Sorry, guys, if you're listening to this. Um, but, oh, like, that is what I think everybody was waiting for. <laughs> it's And it, honestly, you savor those moments when it comes because, you know, I mentioned us having... Yeah a 7-0 win before, but it's very, very rare that a Matilda side or an Australian side in general is very ruthless. You know, you see some of the results in other games in the Asian qualifying. Um, yeah. I believe South Korea beat Japan Thailand 10 or something. or something like that. Like, yeah. we, we very rarely... Yeah, we very rarely have results like that. But one thing we do is we make sure we're consistent and we'll win every other game. South Korea, I don't think they won another game after that, so... You know, they can have their 10-1 yeah. result. We'll have a, spot, a potential <laughs> exactly. spot at the Olympics instead. Uh, I, I feel like I'm coming out for too many people here. tonight. This Michelle will be sad. back with us next week or the week after. I'm not too sure, but yeah, we're missing her. She's Actually, not missing know. us by the looks of her Instagram, uh, but that's okay. Um, all in all, this was the this was the World Cup squad. This was, yeah, World Cup 11. It was a World Cup 11. It looked good. I have a lot of faith in Claire Hunt and AK at the back. Now, after watching like that with Catley and Carpenter playing so far forward, the way they controlled, they did against Chinese Taipei as well, the way they controlled those breaks and shut them down with just the two of them, that's what we missed against England. <laughs> but, but like, I thought I thought they did pretty well. Yeah, look, uh, <laughs> yeah, the it's the England game is a tough comparison simply because of the quality we we're playing that day. It's it's way too dissimilar. Uh, Philippines, yeah. you know, look, I I applaud them one hundred percent the way they tried to come out at Australia a little bit more. You know, there was there's every chance of a side like the Philippines. And they had that. Well, they did have on the their day could score well, one like or two against us. You got quality players up. Yeah. And you're talking about shutting down someone like Serena Bolden. It's not necessarily an easy task. Why an A-League club hasn't <laughs> signed her, I don't know. But that's another conversation for possibly another day. Um, but no, you, you talk about Hunt and Alana Kennedy. There's a reason why they are our starting centre-backs. There's a reason why they're playing yeah. pretty much at the pinnacle of women's football now. It's because, you know, Alana Kennedy's now, I think she, I saw she had yeah. dropped a minute in Man City squad this season, which considering what was going on last year, obviously it was mainly due to injury concerns, but she's gotten herself fit. She's gotten herself in form. She's part of a solid defense at um, Man City. 
playing regular football, this is a, this is reaping the rewards of it. And you talk about someone like Claire Hunt as well. I know we spoke up so much about, oh, is she going to play? Isn't she going to play? Maybe she'll take time to settle in. She's starting to settle in a lot quicker 100%. than what I thought. And we're seeing the rewards of it as well. You've got two players who are getting regular football at the top of women's football. Yeah. They come into games like this, and it's it's almost child's play for them. No disrespect to who we're playing against, but it's the sort of level that we need our players to be at simply so we can hit our potential as being a real dominant force in Asia. Like We're going into who we're going to play in the next round already, but them playing in that way and them playing that way at club level as well, I would almost feel confident if we were facing Japan, yeah. and I <laughs> never say that you, about like, an Australian side out, ever. Like Even... Kat is playing at the top of Sweden, right? Take her out of the case. Everyone's playing in the top league, like in that 11. Everyone's playing in the top league for some of the top teams. Mary, uh, Mary Arnold, Mackenzie Arnold <laughs> is probably the exception there with West Ham, but that's a different story. Yeah, but Mackenzie Arnold would probably be. I think there's a consensus in England yeah, that exactly. she is like the top keeper yeah. outside their like big just, four. Yeah, and that's exactly. that's a good level. You to look be at everybody too. else, like in terms of playing top leagues, we've got two playing in France. Everybody else is pretty much playing in England and getting regular minutes. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. And besides Corrigan Cross, they're all playing regularly too. It's so cool to see. <laughs> like. And you bring up Katrina Gori in that regard as well. Katrina Gori, if she wanted to, could probably fit into like a Man United or something. I think there's probably personal issues there. I think um, in Sweden, she's probably a little bit more comfortable with a family life. Citizen Obviously, her fiance is from there as well. Whatever that norm. Obviously, her fiance became that after um, she went over there recently. But yes, it's, it's, uh, it's, ah, getting my words mixed up. <laughs> Citizen of the year, like nominee or something yeah. like that. Like she's clearly got a good life for us set up in in Sweden, and that is, at her age I, it I is a hard thing to uproot just to try and stay. We see people struggling in when, surroundings as well. She's got the surroundings that's letting her thrive, and it's helping her football. In, yeah, yeah, it'd be a risk to, to kind yeah. of abandon that to play it almost like a sideways step because you know as much as it you know the Malmsteen's gone, it is a good level to be fair, even if it's not that WSL or um, Div One Feminine level. She's still playing that good in the yeah. in the demolition scan that she could still say, "Hey, look, um, I am still one of the best midfielders in the world." As well, one person I am super happy to see used correctly in this squad, Mary Fowler. I think the role she played in those two games at the end was brilliant. I think she's taken her creativity and the poise on the ball that she had coming into this with City and just translated straight into this squad. And it just, it was a different vibe when she got the ball. It wasn't like a one touch, oh, what do I do now? It's not like, cool, I've got to try and be Sam. It was like, cool, I'm just going to create and see what happens. And obviously we take into account like opposition, but I feel like that's what the midfield's been missing in that kind of, exactly, you need that link player, like that's someone that can really sit in that hole. I feel like at the World Cup we tried to get out of her, but there's rustiness as well. You know, she didn't. She had a season where she wasn't playing regular football. Now she is doing that, and she can play wide as well. I think even yeah. with the Matildas across the period, we did see her drift into wide areas. But the way she's playing in those wide areas, she's playing more like a wide playmaker. She's yeah. not trying. Tony's not trying <laughs> to shoehorn. Yeah. Ah, still struggling with my words. Shoehorn her in. As like a as out and out winger that's going to just drive at people. She can do that, but she's probably better holding the ball up, letting the player move around her, and then trying to make yeah. a decision, then oh, finding space <laughs> and taking shots from distance as well. She's got a goal against Chinese Taipei. Holy crap! Yeah, when it hit the beautiful, net, I honestly, like, I audibly gasped shit. when she scored. <laughs> that was top notch. Um, but yeah, like it was just good to see her have the freedom just to get out, create, link up with, um. Razo and Ford on either side and then just go in and out with Kyra and Kat as well. Like it was just, it looked really good. And it highlights what her strengths are as well. I feel like Matildas have passed and even some of the top Matildas now, it is a bit more based around their physical qualities. You know, a lot of them are quick. We've got some good dribblers. I think Ford probably in terms of technical output probably is the most easy on the eye. (laughs) 
Sam Kerr, jury's still out on um, her t- first touch for me. Um, but obviously you can't deny the finishing and the, the pace, the, the aerial um, presence that she can offer. But that's when you're talking about those kinds of physical qualities in a player, we sometimes forget that we do have a slight lack of technical plays in this country. Maybe as like Katrina Gorey as well. And I know Alana Kennedy can be a good ball-playing centre-back. But someone like Mary Fowler, I don't yeah. think I've seen a range of technical qualities on an Australian player like her yeah. since maybe Harry Kuehl. And like we're talking yeah. 20 years ago and the men's. Like that's how long it's been since we've seen this I kind think- of player. Like that's where the comparisons I think come <laughs> to. And I'm going to stitch someone up here a little bit. I had a conversation with um my fiance sister, so future sister-in-law, where she was sitting there trying to say, oh, I think Sam Kerr is a bit overrated. I'm look- And I'm looking at her going like, why? Big. Like, that's, a, that's a very, very Here, come big on our podcast, call to make. Why are you making it? Please back it up. <laughs> but she just she just turned around to me and says, well, uh, well, you look at someone like Mary Fowler. Like, she's obviously better. Like, she's better with the ball, yada, yada, yada. And I'm sitting like, on one hand, I, I'm sitting there thinking, well, that doesn't diminish what Sam Kerr can offer to a team. But on the other hand, it shows a changing landscape that we have in this country where you know, a lot of our Matildas are built around players that kind of played football because that was all that um, women were able to play once they hit a certain age, whereas a lot of the young players coming through are players that have been playing football from a young age, practicing football-specific qualities and able to let those develop over a period of time. And Mary Fell is probably the best summation of it that we're going to see in terms of technical quality coming into the Matilda side now. Once we see, like, your... Holly McNamara's and Daniela Gallagher's, we're going to see a range of players that are not similar in terms of how they play, but similar in terms of where their strengths sort of lie. It's definitely more on the technical side of the game. But it it does raise a good point where in terms of where Fowler could be in 10, 15 years, maybe we do look back and sit there and go, yep, she definitely hit those heights Sam Kerr did. Tough call to make now, and it shouldn't diminish what Sam Kerr has done, but... The fact that fans are yeah. noticing that, okay, Mary but, but Fowler's it's, like it's different grade. Like, like, but that, this it, is the, it, it, the generational swap that we're kind of talking about consistently is that eventually this guard's going to move and we've got to have that next breed coming through. And if Mary Fowler's the head of that, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. And it does help that she is going to be in the Matilda squad probably for the next 10, 15 years. So, you know, the new yeah. fans that even once your Sam Kerr's Caitlin Fuller's retire, there is still between yeah. Fowler, Carpenter, those players that they can latch up to and go, yep, yeah, these are still some of my favourite Matildas, and then yeah. give time for someone else to come through that's going to take that mantle afterwards, you know? Like your Daniela Gallagher's, your Holly yeah. McNamara's, your Sarah Hunter's, once they come through, it's like, oh, yeah, we love these girls too. We've just seen them now, but we love them too. And it's not a thing of, oh, we're... Yeah. It being introduced and I think to them at good. the end of their careers, this time they'll be introduced at the start exactly. and, that's where we're and be able to develop that emotional connection this through. hype to have come in around the Matildas as well is we are at a point, yeah, exactly, but we're, we're at a point where all these There's new no reason people for come in as things are starting to change in the squad. So they're already getting used to people kind of coming in and out and seeing new faces, which hopefully continues on towards Paris. And it's not a, it's not at a point where it's like, oh, the squad's yep. going to change tomorrow or it's going to change before the next World Cup. It'll probably be after the next World Cup. So I still get one more with those Matildas. And Sam Kerr, yeah, probably, considering 100%. her standing with the Matildas, probably has two in her as well. I'm not sure about some of the others, but Sam Kerr 100% definitely does. So there is time for that changeover to happen. And as Sam Kerr kind of dips out into a late 30s, early 40s, you're going to see someone else come up. There's probably a... 10, 11-year-old now that possibly was inspired by the World Cup or just is generally balling out somewhere in some SAP program somewhere that in the next 5, 10 years we're going to be sitting here talking about it. It's nuts to think about, really. Like, you look at someone like Mary... Like, I know Mary Fowler was at the last World Cup, but she was only 16 at the last World Cup. There's a 16-year-old somewhere now that in four years' time we're going to be banging the drum about again. Um, Two people I want to touch on, um, because I was really excited. We didn't get any goals or anything from it. But I think our corner delivery was really good these two games. Kyra Cooney Cross on one, Catley on the other, kind of expect it from Steph. But I think Kyra did a really good job. And there were a couple of moments there where um Claire and AK just couldn't get ahead to things or things like that. But the ball's coming in from corners, 
set pieces looked like they could be dangerous, which, yeah, I don't know. It just stuck out to me a couple of times where I was like, that was actually a really, really good ball. <laughs> well, well, they were dangerous because you could see every defense when they were trying to deal with it, just scrambling for it and doing everything they could to just get it away from two clear target options. And, you know, when you go up against a more organized defense, you can you probably do have the scope to take advantage of that a little bit more. But these games where, you know, as much as Alana Kennedy and Claire Hunt do tower over people when you've got two or three players marking you, and even if they go <laughs> up to your shoulders, it is still hard to get that little bit of reach. But no, 100%. Um, can you cross, even outside of corner deliveries, I think, yeah. especially in the game against Chinese Taipei, the way she was moving the ball, she was able to get forward. Saw her dribbling a lot more and, um, tr- and actually spearhead. Yeah openings herself and she was able to create some i do wish she got an assist somewhere in there but either way i thought it was a fantastic performance from her the fact that she's getting involved and creating a lot more and making a noticeable impact on the game i think one thing with her when she's not on she can go a little bit anonymous but when she's on and she's getting she's getting involved she's getting the thicker things she's trying to make an impact She's someone that stands out a lot, and it's hard to do that in the role. I'm glad you said well. anonymous so, there because this was something full credit to her. I noticed a fair bit during the World Cup, but noticed it against Chinese Taipei as well. I, I got to a point just it was cut, it wasn't too long before Mary scored, but I was like, "Where's our midfield?" Like it, it just felt like there was nothing clicking, or like it just felt like everything had to go down the wing to get anywhere. And I don't. Okay. I think that's more because of the way Chinese Taipei were setting up as well. You know, when you're covering that much space in the middle, the, the wide areas are the only place where you can actually get a bit of freedom on the ball. So that's why traffic was being directed out there as well. But it, even you talk about Kenny Cross in that game, I think that was probably where she was yeah. probably the most noticeable as well because she was picking up the ball. She probably wasn't trying was to play playing. through yeah. as much. She was just trying to get the ball, almost just power through herself. And it comes from. Like what you're saying is probably correct. Where we weren't able to kind of play through our midfield, but when Cooney crosses on it, <laughs> that it was, was like, the, every time I thought run. it though, they did. And she was break doing out that it, quite well. There was just a couple well, of moments so. where I was like, "This is kind of everyone's kind of like disappeared." I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, it's a tough game to get into, yeah. and it's a credit to Chinese Taipei because they set up very, very well. And one thing with them. Even when they were getting the ball, like you look at the Iran game, I hate to bring them up again, yeah. but um, every time they got the ball, they were just clearing it out. I think they ended up with like 11, 12 clearances that game to Australia's zero, which showed how much we were trying to make yeah. sure we stuck to our fundamentals, which is fantastic in itself. But Chinese type, they did, every time they, they were the ball, there's a couple of clearances in there, but there was an attempt to sit there and go, we'll get the ball on the floor, we'll try and control it, we'll see what we can do. For a side of that ability to do that against the Matildas, that I'm takes saying, a lot of bravery I and a lot of good coaching as well. So 100% well. big ups um, to him. Cheng, she had an absolute blinder of a game. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, that break, Great I think saves. it was Kat Gorey, that she made that incredible save to her right. That was wild. So, yeah, like... Yeah, diving out of feet. It's nuts. Yeah. Took a couple of hits. She um, <laughs> threw a body around as well a little bit. Probably picked up a couple of knocks in there. It's, it's a knock <laughs> I that like, I can yeah, understand. Cool, you like, okay, you need medical attention for that. <laughs> Like yeah. she, she, take the time 100%. you need. Um, let's touch just one more Pop time. Claire Wheeler, first goal in the green and gold. Um, wonder of a strike too, like absolute brilliant. So good to see her. Hopefully Everton take note because I think she played really well in the minutes that she got. So hopefully Everton. Yeah. Especially in a natural position. Um, look, I, I said it during the World Cup. I would have liked to see her a little bit more. I think she could have. There were games where she probably could have offered something that would have helped us, particularly maybe against Sweden. When, you know, some of the legs were starting to wear out a little bit, she could have come in a little bit fresh out, eager, ready to make an impact. That's the sort of game that would have been built for her as well. A game that's, you know, not up there with the most important, but still an yeah. opportunity to make a name for yourself would have been fantastic for her. But unfortunately, yeah. it didn't happen. But it happened again on Sunday against the Philippines. Exactly. So I guess um, you know, Courtney Vine on chances come when they come as well. Hopefully, it's just a knock, nothing too serious for Sydney to worry about. I, nah, I didn't even nah. realize she was I saw her first. Fall. I just she thought he was dragging her off. And I was like, like she wasn't that bad, was she? Yeah. And when she came off, I was like, ooh, that's not good. <laughs> but. Well, it looks like she is out for the Asian Club Championship. So Sydney FC have got three games uh, in Uzbekistan without her. We'll get to the A-League in a second, guys. We have one more game to cover. The final game. Um, we were already qualified for the the final round um, by this point. Uh, which was good, uh, but 
we've spoken a lot about this Chinese Taipei game because I think it was probably the most footballish game that we saw. <laughs> it was like the girls were actually able to play. It wasn't a dominating kind of attacking affair. Like they had to really work for what they got. Once the floodgates open. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was the most footballish, but I think what you said there, they had to work for, I think that's what made this game the most exciting. Look, from my point of view, I had the confidence that we were going to find a way to win this game anyway. It, it's half arrogance, half faith. Um, I'll lean towards the faith part. But um, look, I think there's it's the confidence going around this Matilda squad as well. I think no matter what happens in a match, I've just got faith that they're going to find a way to pull through, particularly in a game that our quality is so much more than that of the opposition. You look at the way Chinese Taipei were playing. You know, as much as it was good, and I can understand what why they were trying to do what they were doing, and I thought they actually did it quite well. It did always feel like the Matildas were going to find, you know, I I could see a banger coming from somewhere, and I'm glad it was the first Mary touch Fowler though. That was the, the touch to bring that strike. ball down from Mary uh, it, <laughs> it was so good. yeah, hundred percent. This is what I'm talking about: the technical quality. It's it's different gravy. It's different. It's special. Like we don't see this in this country very often and we should be savoring every moment we get to watch her play because it is truly special. But um yeah, you could like the more I watched the game, the more I thought, you know what, like screw trying to play through and screw trying to get in the box, screw these crosses. Just get the get a bit of space on the edge, get a shot away. Yeah. As much as that I think her name was Chen, as much as she was doing well, we weren't yeah, testing her moving, trying yeah. to actually dive for a long shot. A lot of um, shots from distance were either going over the bar wide or right to her. I think we hadn't tested her properly in that regard yet. And I could kind of sense, like, once we hit, we're able to hit a ball top corner. She wasn't going to pull I would have clapped her if she did, though, because she was on that. Couture-esque she could have, like... Save. <laughs> oh, adrenaline, uh, adrenaline turns you into a different player, I guess. So you never know, maybe. There were a couple saves that I was looking at. I was like, okay, yeah, like, I did not expect that from you. But... You could you, there was there was a sense at least in my mind that once we got a bit of space and once we got a shot away properly, it was going to hit the back of the net. It was almost inevitable. And then once you do that, then it opens up a little bit. So it probably like once I was like once I came to terms that we were going into halftime nil all, it probably was the game did kind of peter out the way I expected it to. But you know, like I said, full credit to Chinese Taipei, they did well. But until a game like that. Yeah, there's times in the past where we we would have lost that. I think back to the Asian Cup against South Korea, they set up yeah. the same way. They were able to get a break and score a bang of their own. Whereas now we're doing that because we've got the confidence in ourselves to sit there and go, okay, we're not going to panic. We're yeah, good enough. We're 100%. one of the best teams in the world. Um, we I know think we're one of the biggest things that we were talking about prior to or during our um, preseason phase was. Tony and his substitutions, uh, <laughs> using a sub to change goalkeepers at halftime. I fucking love that. <laughs> um, um, obviously, Lydia, we weren't even sure if she was going to play um, after the the knock she took for victory. Um, so I was surprised she could, yeah. So, yeah, I was surprised she was and getting minutes. Scored, and so, no, I think I I did you hear the crowd up. when she touched the ball for the first time? Yeah. But hey, I think like, it's also because she's was, a Perth local. That so probably sick. does play into a little bit. But speaking of 100%, fantastic, things, get behind her, get behind the hometown heroes. It's more than just Sam Kerr on the TV. Um, you guys, you guys were all over it. Oh, that was that was fantastic. I saw one girl on Twitter actually sit there and go, "Can someone tell the girl with the megaphone to like pack it?" <laughs> she's not you doing hear everyone. Like, Shut up! Um, Someone's trying to the make out here. here. I think we're really good. Um, and. They paid dividends, Charlie Grant, Amy Sayer, and Tamiki Yallop all linking up for a goal. <laughs> um, I really like Charlie's energy when she came on. Um, like, just the, the the way she changed kind of the atmosphere on the pitch. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just really worked for me. Um, no, it makes sense. And look, with Carpenter gone, I thought she would have just slotted right in. But having her come off the bench... It allowed her to kind of play her natural game in a, in an instance in the match where we probably needed an injection of it. You do that from the start, maybe as the game peters on, she doesn't have that yeah. same energy. She's not able to unlock a defense the same way that she usually does. And you're bringing Claire Wheeler on where Claire Wheeler's probably not got the same pace behind her, not got the same energy behind her, probably a bit more on the technical side of the game. But having Charlie instead enter the game Is at that period probably proved to be in our benefit. 
I mean, look, it probably came from him just wanting to try something and reverting back to what he's usually doing. There yeah. probably is that train of thought there, but 100%. in the um, end it works. Amy Sayer, so you can't knock I, him. I, I love it. <laughs> she looks so good. I am, yeah. She looks like a good impact player at this stage of her career. I don't know if she's but ready to be like we, a proper starter. That's what like, we need, though. We need like, to come off the games bench. in the row yet, but yeah, exactly. And we need someone that can play that back like up. That. Yeah, add her into the box. Add her into the box with Claire Hunt. I didn't realize how Kennedy. tall she was. Our corners are going to be friggin' potent. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that that took me by surprise. In all honesty, I thought that she was like my yeah, height. I think or something, she's like she'd be close to six foot. Like that. She's got a bit of height on her. That, it, was, yeah, it took me by surprise. I was like, oh my oh, God, yeah. the height. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, all in all, I'm I'm happy. I feel like things are looking good um, with the way – I know uh, Kieran tried to explain it to everybody last week on how the qualifying thing works. It actually makes a lot more sense now that you've seen it in action and see where it peters out. Um, so we top Group A. We go through. North Korea – um, outshone South Korea um, to take out Group B. Japan, as expected, took out Group C, and Uzbekistan out of Group C qualified as best second place. So we now play Uzbekistan home and away. I think that's how it works, home and away. Yeah, so we go to Tashkent first, and then they'll play somewhere in Australia. Whoever doesn't have a Taylor Swift or Pink Ooh, concert that's a good question. will get to host it, really. Adelaide? <laughs> Uh, oh, I'll tell you what, you know what, Adelaide the Oval, hill. you get 50,000 people at Adelaide Oval, the you get a good atmosphere, anyone that was at the um, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, anyone that was at the 2016 Adelaide yeah. Grand Final will know Hey, we saw it during the State of Origin, it can host a big a event. Level. So, you, it's not a bad shout. We're talking yeah, bigger. State of Origin, State of Origin, <laughs> like we're, talk, we're talking football, like football's a different breed. The State of Origin is a big match, don't get me wrong, but like a football match with and major passion and intensity well. involved in it, um, you don't so get anything How this will work from here on out, for those of you that didn't listen to last week's episode, we go to Uzbekistan, play Uzbekistan. It's like Champions League football, if you guys have watched that. goes on aggregate. So score comes back home. Say we win 3-0, we come home with a 3-0 advantage, which wouldn't that be good going into a home? Yeah, right? We could do with something like that. Actually, you know what? The first league could almost yeah. be like we shouldn't be a write-off. We should be comfortably beating Uzbekistan. But knowing that the second leg's at home, it's like doesn't matter what happens overseas. Like we can come here. Think, we've got our crowd behind us. I think that's know, a like, really cool thing. Like, we're a tough side to beat in Australia. Think of that. Like that idea that this is now a fortress is like really really cool. And I think the world. And no matter what city either, yeah. like we can go to Perth and get 59,000 people in the stadium, exactly. making it making it a tough time for the Philippines. And talking about Uzbekistan side, where you know I've been yeah. watching, I've seen more of them maybe on the men's side of the game, where you go play Uzbekistan and they host a lot of youth tournaments. So you go play Uzbekistan in Uzbekistan, even for their under twenties, they yeah. get twenty thousand people in the stadium and fill that stadium out, and it is one of the toughest atmospheres yeah. I've seen Australian side playing. And we tend to struggle. You know, I think back to the under-20s Asian Cup. We had to play Uzbekistan in, just out of the group. I think it was the quarterfinals. We went to a penalty shootout against them. And suddenly, these guys who are 18, 19, barely adults, trying to do a penalty shootout yeah. in front of 20,000 people whistling yarn, wishing you the worst. It's a tough atmosphere to be in. I was looking at their crowds for, because they hosted their group um, in the recent round of qualifiers. And they were only getting... <laughs> uh, I think around 2,000 people to a game. So we may be able to avoid is what is crowd. typically Uzbekistan's biggest yeah. asset with something like the Olympics on the line. I don't know if they'll sit there and go, you know what, we need to get out and support the girls. Yeah. Let's cr- make it make it as much of a tough time for the Matildas as possible. But let's say we go to a stadium and 10, we 15, play 10, 15,000. Yeah, 15, exactly. 000. 10, 15,000. Exactly. The They've got the experience. Nowadays, really. Because it's like, yeah, okay. We'll we'll go play. We'll play in Tashkent. We'll play in front of fifteen thousand. Then you guys can come oh, Steph to Catley calling the out. MCG or ANZ or Suncorp and go fifty, eighty, hundred thousand. And it's just a completely different breed. Like we have an opportunity to sit there and go. I don't care what you throw up. We're going to come and we're going to wipe the floor with you in terms of atmosphere and intensity and the amount of pressure that's going to be on you because we will give you 
something that you probably have never experienced in your life. And it's a good thing for them to play in front of, like anyone that gets to play in front of 100,000 people, like that's a massive honor for you as a footballer. But also, we can make it really, that's really, now, really like, difficult right? for them those at the same time. Style away crowds, like unless they've got like a solid voice to them, after playing in front of seventy five k, hundred k, like it, it's going to be hard to kind of. The reality <laughs> is, even if we go to Amy Park and it's thirty k, Amy Park that day against Canada is probably one of the best atmospheres I have experienced as a football fan. Men or women here, I haven't watched a game overseas, but I could imagine it would be similar. But, um, like, just yeah. genuinely the intensity we managed to put into that game was unlike anything that I've look. seen, at least um, in this good country. News, guys. There are – no, Australia play pack. Oh, no, that's December. There is month February 24. Taylor Swift's in town 10 days beforehand. MCG 100K Olympic qualifiers – it's it's a tough turnaround. Those fields get dug up to the shit house after a concert, and I'd, I'd rather a, a good pitch right, than so just I trying to force Amy, everyone whatever. into a stadium with a dodgy um, pitch. But or yeah. you know what? Depending on what, if Suncorp's available, um, maybe even Allianz. You get forty five thousand people in that place and just really blow the roof off it because that's a stadium that can really provide an right atmosphere now? as well um, when it's full. Uh, we're we're playing. Uh, the hosting committee for the Matildas guys right now, this is us planning where the game's going to be just to cause the biggest issue. And plus, if Taylor Swift's in town in Sydney, she's going to go to a course. So <laughs> just Taylor Swift is after. Schedule the game just before so they can all come in. We'll pack out Olympic Park, you know? <laughs> hey, they're crazy. I, I wouldn't even underestimate it. We, we, I rock up to one of their concerts and say, Hey, look at this really cool TikTok that Matilda's made of a Taylor Swift song and just watch them all pack out a stadium and just scream every time someone gets the ball. That would, that is an that is Sydney an atmosphere that would be intimidating for anyone. February at Allianz. So depending on turnaround, could work. Pink's in town at the start of the month. So Well to be fair, if you're It's already set up twenty fourth of February, it's a football match. Keep the goals up. Keep the line up. Co- keep Cody the lines and I'll up. Be there with the megaphone. That's Cover right. the holes. We got you. Boom. Got yourself a football pitch. <laughs> um, I know we're taking that megaphone off yeah, the show. Don't so worry. So exciting times. So that means if we go away, beat Uzbekistan three 0 we come home with a three 0 start to a home team crowd, and then we get to carry on from there. If we win that game, we qualify for the Olympics. Simple as that. Japan play North Korea on the other side of things. I expect that will go Japan's way. Get you don't know they look good. Oh, I don't know. North Korea before they went off the during COVID, they just basically decided, oh, we're not going to play any football whatsoever. But before okay. that, they were one of the top nations in women's football okay. above Australia. So that would be really cool. Count them Japan's out. Running the World Cup, yet. like that would be cool to see because people like me that didn't. Weren't around pre World Cup, don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Now North Korea are a genuine force in women's football. I always have been. Um, when we went to the Under Twenties World Cup in twenty twenty two, the side that me and Michelle kind of bang on about all the time, and on front page dub me and Matt Olson um shower with a lot of praise. Um, we only went to that World Cup because North go. Korea pulled out. So, yeah. They're, they're, they're not a, they're not a side to take lightly. Trust me. Um, we've got the best case scenario by landslide here. Um, we facing win, we win, we win. Um, so hopefully all goes to plan. February 28th, we'll be off to Paris in July. Um, and then it goes into the regular tournament group stage kind of vibe that we've just experienced through the World Cup. So that won't be hard to explain to you guys. Um, the only um, hard part of explaining how we've got to get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch those games instead of having it a prime time for us. Um, Actually, it's Olympics. Yeah. Well, to be fair, eight o'clock in France, maybe six o'clock in the morning here. Get it in before work. Sure, work won't mind me rocking up at 10 o'clock after my cheeseburger. Guys, we've got you. Um, Let's have a quick look at the week ahead, Cody, because we're back home uh, with uh, W League. Stop, Josh. It's the Liberty A League. Back in action. Um, 
Are we that official? We need to use the sponsor name. Or can we, we, just we are. I reckon we could be pretty official. Uh, <laughs> let's drum up a sponsorship. If anyone's listening and wants to sponsor the podcast, um, I, I don't know any rates, but we'll look after you. Um, we're growing. We'll, we'll take us along for the ride. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> let's have a look at match day four. Um, match day four or five. Match day four. No, match, match day, day three. three. I was going to say, we don't play victory this week. Um, Wellington, Brisbane. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. That's going to yeah, be a that, game. This is the round we're talking about. That will that's be like... a, a quality game. Like, like I said, I don't like talking about Wellington Phoenix on this podcast just for the fact that there's no Australians. I've got another, for anyone that's from New Zealand thinking I'm disrespecting you, I've got a whole other podcast I'm happy to ramble on. Till we might I'm not have any choice. We might on. not have a choice. If just they keep going the way they're going, going we're going to have to talk. <laughs> Honestly, they, they're going crazy at the moment. Someone like someone like um, Macy Fraser has really caught my eye. Um, you don't talk about that technical ability of those players coming through. Um, definitely has that upper alley. But two sides that are probably, I don't want to say overperformed, but in a way compared to what the general consensus of their level was. I mean, we, um, I was the only one that said they I mean, would, hey, but I know you were quite literally at the moment, the top of the bottom. table clash, <laughs> second versus fourth. So <laughs> this could this could be look. I a I pivotal would, moment I in a championship. Be ranks, if like this that. was That's crazy. I think depending on how, like obviously Brisbane are probably going to be without Meeks. Um, I can't, I don't see her bouncing back in two days, maybe not long journey, but Hey, we'll see. No, you'd be surprised. <laughs> but it's a, some of those it international footballs, what they'll do Saturday, for football. Um, for those guys. So that's cool. Then we jump to the nation's capital, Canberra, Perth, two teams that definitely need, oh no, Perth are on top of the table. They don't need shit. <laughs> um, Canberra. Yeah, no, Perth, Perth fine. <laughs> Perth are good. Canberra probably needs to start picking yeah, up some points. I home, wouldn't be surprised. They're playing at home as well, right? Yeah, I think well, this is a game, game for them. There's too. a lot of first home games. Yeah, there's a few teams. Yeah, because their first game was against Adelaide in Adelaide. Um, but one point out of two for Canberra, this is the time to turn it on. I think this, this yeah. is a game that you look at and go, okay, we need the three points here, and that desperation brings out something new in you. So. Even if it's early in the season, I think they'll sit there and go, nah, we could be in a bad spot if we don't get the three points here. We need to get the three points. And they've probably got the quality to do it. It's just a matter of this first side just everything touched against the gold right now. Um, Speaking of teams that need help, um, help and victory, uh, they are back home against Adelaide, who also (laughs) are one point from two. Um, Adelaide have had no trouble scoring goals, though. Um, So... Yeah, this one could go either way, I think. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be an interesting one. It's a double header as well, so you don't know yeah. who's going to be rocking up to that game. If I was Sam rock up earlier, um, obviously the Vikings will be there. But um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think. Look, yeah, two sides that probably haven't had the best start to a season. Let's be real. Now, I don't know Adelaide have one point on the board. They probably look all right going forward, whereas Victory probably don't look that great. But one, I think I still believe that once things start clicking yeah. for victory, that'll be a tough team to get around. Probably just need one or two good results to just get kind of that momentum going. And this yeah. is probably the day to do it. Amy Park, um, I think they've had... I can't this remember is their if the first game at home. But this is definitely their first game This is their second game at home. They played Amy. last week at um, the new... The, the Matildas home. Oh, they play at George, yeah. um, George Cross, that's right, or whatever it's called out there. But, um, like, they've played all three games yeah. in Melbourne, I guess, but this is their first game at the Premier Stadium. So, you know, it can bring out something in you. You've got nicer change rooms. It's easier to get yourself prepared for a match as much as the atmosphere may not be as intimidating. It does set you up well to play football. So they'll have that going for yeah. them. I, I think I'll, they'll probably we'll come see. away with this. We'll see. We're, we're 100% neutral right now. We've got to remain neutral. <laughs> um, Chloe Legazzo takes Western United uh, back home uh, against Melbourne City. Um, the Melbourne City women are doing better than the men, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, 
Yeah, this is one of those games that kind of. I th- I think Vic, uh, City could run away with it, but I don't know. It, it's they, yeah, but we said th- they probably should. Yeah, but look, there's two sides that are doing well. I think West United in that first game. Yeah, you know, look, Perth were just I thought I think Perth just played really well, set up well defensively as well. We saw what West United can do in that second yeah. game, especially exactly. a, a late winner yeah. like that. That does a lot for your confidence. It's just a shame it kind of peters out over the international break as well. But there's a lot to like about both these sides, I think. And Melbourne City have a perfect start to maintain. Western United will be looking to gain some ground. They'll look at it and go, okay, we win this game. We're on par again with your Perth, your City, your Brisbane. There's, you know, it's it's hard to say there's a lot of writing on this game because it's so early. But, you know, to see how the early ladder shapes then up, we head to it my will first game definitely of the season. be very exciting. Let's go. Double header, Jets... Uh, home for their first go. game, uh, first home game of the season against Western Sydney. Um, I'm going to be disappointed if the girls don't get up because they've looked a lot better than Western Sydney have. Um, but you know, Jets do be Jets sometimes. So look, I don't know. Western Sydney are cooking something over there. Um, the football they're playing is slowly getting better. It definitely looks a lot better than last year. And you're talking about two sides. Well, look, Jets do have some points on the board already, I guess. But you're talking about two sides that will definitely want some positive momentum. It'll it'll be it'll, this one will actually be. Quite, I think every game because it is early in the season, it is very easy to say about it. And you do have six final spots to kind of play for. But there is a lot Which on the line really in each cool, game like, already. This at this stage so of the exciting. season, it's fantastic to see. But um, you talk about Newcastle as well. I can't say too much, and probably I think this news will be released by the time. This podcast Ooh. goes to air, but I think you guys oh, are going to get some Yeah, no, this is what soon. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know this too. I've heard this rumor as I can't well. say much more. I'm excited about this. Um, and the last fixture of this round has actually been moved to January 2024, guys, um, because of the Asian Club Championships. Sydney FC are out of town, so their game against Central Coast has been shifted to uh, the 17th of January. So if you weren't aware of that, now you are. Um, but, yeah, exciting times. Good to have uh, – it's just uh, – exhilarated i feel like i did after the world cup you know that little vibe <laughs> <sighs> you just you need that you need the football fix and it's good like you know have sixty thousand people watching the matildas unfortunately oh, perth aren't playing right. at home as well are they yeah that's a shame it would be it would have been good for them to build up on it but you never know i think maybe the week after they are if you can get people in there and go hey you love the matildas why don't you come Watch this Perth Alec women's side. If you can get three or four thousand of the hundred thousand, that and will I think the, the biggest thing for the looking fantastic the that's, that's women's great as well is kids go free, right? If you guys aren't aware of that, parents sign up for a membership and you can take kids 100%. free. You only need it, and it they're cheap. They're, there you go. Registered There's rules. Um, footballers, didn't read kids, that, I believe. Didn't look at. There, there are oh. rules, and I'm not actually sure if Perth get that. But I'm sure Perth will have some deal that'll help you get hey, your kids in. If not for free, it's very cheap. And C's, Josh. <laughs> hey, every other club besides Wellington Phoenix as well gets it. So look, honestly, the membership yeah. packages for A League women's clubs are so accessible. I think I paid fifteen dollars for the year at a very reasonable reasonable yeah. price. The adult one for Sydney FCs, yeah. like ninety five dollars or something so ridiculous good. like that. Like it's um, let's very jump over the WSL. I don't know if many of our girls will be back. In squads, maybe for the later games, I don't think Sam Kerr will be in action against Villa. Yeah? No, you'd be surprised. I think they'll, okay. like, they'll be on All the right. first flight so, out of Perth. They wouldn't even stay the night after that game. So you'll, you'll yeah. be, we'll be seeing a play uh, how fresh Chelsea they'll be. Chelsea go away to Villa this week. Uh, City-Arsenal, that's going to be a banger of a game. That's 11.30. It's our game before what midnight, time is Cody. We said anything that starts before midnight. Let's go. And it's it's oh, Sunday as well. Oh, yes. So um, I'll be home oh, from we love that. the Jets beating WSW to watch that Sunday. So, so is that Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. Oh, perfect. Um, no, it's like Sunday night. Oh, it so just gets better and better. Morning. We'll take that. Liverpool, Leicester. I'll, I'll take that. Um, I'll take that. Have we got any updates on Remy? Just while, because Remy's been... I don't think so. I think she's probably still from what Michelle will probably heard. Come, probably come back. Probably still a couple of weeks she away. Unfortunately, while she was over there, got lover. Um, then 
Tottenham, Everton, Claire Wheeler back in action. West Ham, Bristol, Macca back between the sticks. Um, and Rule and Hawksby, 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 Brighton player um, against United. Um, so some big games there. I Football is just so good, isn't it? Like, it's so lovely. It's, it's a beautiful sport. There's um, a reason why I spend most of my time talking if, about if it. If you don't follow us already, we are growing rapidly on the social medias. We've gained 150 followers in the last week. So cheers to everybody new that's joining us. Uh, hello, if you're listening to us to the first time. But uh, make sure you're sharing it with your friends because this is going to be a little movement that we're hoping by the end of the year we're going to hit 500. And then by end of February, oh, do we hit 1,000 by the end of February, Cody? That's – I reckon if we hit 1,000 by the Olympics. We're, looking, well. we're looking up. We're looking up. Um <laughs> This week in Paris, because we've got three teams over there as well. We'll, we'll look over there. Not, not in Paris. Uh, Lyon and Paris Lyon do and play, against Paris each play against each and, other. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's play, why Carpenter went back They early. play on the 6th. They play on Monday, uh, Tuesday. Monday. They probably wanted to make sure she's <laughs> went, fresh. Where did EVE go? I don't know. The French might be a Is bit it? uptight about that. <laughs> oh, I thought that um, was done. She's got the NWSL playoffs. Oh. Okay. I was like... The bro, league's done, but now they've got the final season. over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw them celebrating the league title, and I didn't see any of the finals game schedule. I was like, oh, did they get rid oh, of the finals I, for I was the so NWSL? They're just... Um, we're having a PSG week play... Uh, I can't even pronounce that. EAG, I'm going to say, because that's what's on their logo. That's it. Gwingum. Thank you. I'd wanted, EA I wanted to hear you say it before I tried to say it. There you it. go. Red and black? Yeah, that's it. Look at you go, Cody. You Red and black, up. right? Uh, there we go. Real Masters of linguistics. Uh, oh, actually, can we talk about Ballon d'Or? We, uh, we need to talk Ballon d'Or. What are we doing? Um, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it slipped my <laughs> See mind, what too. what happens when we're without um, Michelle, guys? Uh, but I don't think second. <laughs> no, but, yeah, Sam Kerr coming second. Like, you're talking... I think there was only one year where she went from yeah. being nominated one year to the next and dipped in the rankings. But she just keeps building and building and building. And look, as it's not a World Cup year, but it is an Olympics year. You're talking if Chelsea can go on and win the league, if they can go far in the yeah. Champions League, or even if they win the Champions League and come far in the league, and she's petering on Golden Boot, let's just say the Matildas go far yeah. in the World Cup. She's making a case for the Ballon d'Or. Especially if at any stage yeah. Chelsea go further than Barcelona, wow. and she can topple Bon Marti in that in that sense, and Puteos. Like, unfortunately, you've got very big competition there. But outside of those two, she's probably the it's most crazy. talented like, footballer. Yeah, on you planet. didn't even think that's of saying that. something. It's almost a shame that Arsenal are in the Champions League with how good Caitlin Ford's playing right now as well. Like, like, yeah, it'd be a shame. Um, but look, even if they go yeah. on a decent cup run somewhere, the Olympics will have a big part to play in it. But, um, yeah, let's just say Arsenal. <laughs> unfortunately, Arsenal aren't um, doing very well in the league either, so that doesn't help anything. But, 17th. Um, no, yeah. it's fantastic. And then Hayley Russell on top of that coming 17th. I think it's the first and time I've had two Aussies 20. nominated for it. <laughs> That's insane. And you can't say like, it's not deserved. And you're, not, and you're not talking someone that was just like petering yeah. and just made the rankings. Well. Like 17th, it's decent. <laughs> it's, it's better than being the, on the I lowest think- of the rankings. Like she's beaten some people. <laughs> And for someone like Russell as well, like everyone talks about her story and the fact like she obviously was very close to not playing football anymore, but just like she's someone that plays a lot of heart, a lot of energy. So for her to actually be recognized at this level when, you know, maybe sometimes she does take a back seat to the likes of Ford, Kerr, and maybe even to an extent Fowler nowadays, you know, it's good to see her getting that recognition. Um, Speaking of the recognition, pretty much the pinnacle of world football. Mention Aitana Bonnati taking it out. Um, World class. Obviously not a Matilda, but um, exactly. She's an example. She's what young. She's the sort of player that if you're a young footballer, you watch and go, "I want to be like her." As much as she's not Australian, um, Daniela Galic actually said when she's on for City that Bonmati is someone that she watches a lot and models her game around. And once I started watching <laughs> Bonmati myself, I was like, "Oh, that's why Daniela yeah, Galic so, is so good um, at football." Yeah. Really, really, really great. I actually saw a really good video of Bomati at the um, the World Cup after the final. The Spanish fans were singing Ballon d'Or at her, 
and she told them, yeah, don't, don't do that. And she was just so humble in her own kind of presence, which was so good. So, And it was nice to see after she won it, she got to take a photo with someone that was clearly a massive fan of her. Oh, yeah. I believe the guy's name was Leo oh, Messi. that was the guy that won the other Ballon d'Or. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just love, I uh, love the two fact goats that she replicated winning that, his winning those awards. Well, like, Fantastic both to see. Both the exact same thing. So good. Um, <laughs> has anything else happened that we've missed out? We were so focused on our own games that we forgot there was, oh, Sam Kerr, Asian Player of the Year, I think it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, that's I mean, probably you, more of a given, but it's still fantastic to see. Like, world, she is by far and away the, the best player in Asia. Probably should be the best player. <laughs> I don't think there was any Asian players um, near her on the rankings either. I don't Miyazawa. know where Mizugawa. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I might have butchered that badly. <laughs> she was up there, I think. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if I she was remember, ranked exactly. anywhere. Oh, maybe not. I think actually. She top 10? Razo might have been the the next closest Asian player. Hey. Matilda's a massive, mate. Japan who? Um, has anything else happened in the world of football? I don't think so. Um, that That's going to be us for the week, guys. Um, we'll be back with regular scheduled content, talking about lots of games everywhere next week um thanks for waiting a day or two for this episode to be released we just wanted to make sure that we had all the news for you guys um to talk all things football and i'm kind of glad we waited too because we probably wouldn't have talked about ballon d'or and it would have been a very big episode trying to fit everything in next week um so you know where to find us at talking tillies uh cody and i will be back on the mic we'll figure out where in the world um our other person is um, Michelle, um, but we might have another body joining us. We'll try and find a friend to rope in and chat all things coming up. This has been another episode of the Talking Tillies, still unsponsored. Shout out if you want to do it. Um, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Talking Tillies podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.